Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey Podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude, we just got back from Vegas. We did? We did. We've been there for a month. <laughs> a whole month, six and weeks. And it's been brutal. Yeah, it's hot totally out there. Totally brutal. It was an awesome trip, dude. Uh, we haven't recorded, as uh, one of our listeners says in the YouTube chat, in a long-ass time. That's true. Which is true. So uh, here we are. We're back and ready to Talk about the upcoming hockey season, yeah. dude. What we're are we going to talk about? We're still a ways away, dude. Uh, the the thing I got to be honest, one of the things that kept us from recording or kept me from wanting to record is I was sucked in to to Corey Pronman's uh, prospects ranking. This on, is true on the Athletic. Every day, every day he would post another team or sometimes two, and I I just I felt myself waiting and waiting. For the sharks, and so we're going to be talking about that in detail tonight. Uh, we're on the U- we're on the YouTube streaming. We got uh, several people already joined. Uh, feel free to post uh, comments and questions for us. We'll answer them while we record, which is always fun. Let's talk about Vegas, dude. Oh yeah, we were in Vegas since the last time we recorded. Highlights of the trip for the uh, annual trip. Uh, certainly, a highlight was watching the World Cup. Yes, we watched it at uh, Lagasse's Stadium in the Palazzo. If you haven't been there to their wonderful sports book and also venue for watching a game. Uh, we got to see the France-Netherlands semifinal game surrounded by a bunch of shirtless and inebriated French fans. And and a few Belgian fans, but no, not, not as many. Almost none, dude. And uh, it was fun. We had a we had a great time. We had some money on France. We did. We Our won. buddy who we were with had some money on Belgium, and uh, we won. Our clear football uh, prowess won. Yes, and uh, we behaved as if we were twenty years younger. <laughs> we did, and uh, didn't feel so good. At least I didn't. Uh, well, that World Cup game was like in the morning, and you yeah. you, you can't. These like, are poor decisions. I mean, at this point, though. I can't pull that off anymore. <laughs> I was, I was, as Joe Namath would say, struggling. Struggling. I was struggling. Yeah. It was brutal as we went to dinner with our wives. Not that that was brutal, but I definitely was limping through the rest of the evening. But, uh, right. We weren't uh, quite. But we 100%. won. We won. We won the bet. We won on France. And Mike and I had a bet on which team would have the most corner kicks. <laughs> Or we odd or even. It was an odd or even number of corner kicks. This is how degen we were. Yeah. We we're out there. We decided and, to, to make a really stupid bet that required no skill. And uh well, this was how dumb we were. We were gonna make the <laughs> bet with the the sports book. We were gonna bet the sports book, which it was like odd or even minus one fifteen, and we're gonna make the bet, and the lady behind the counter is like why don't you guys just bet each other? <laughs> and we're like Instead oh, of giving yeah. me money. I was like Oh yeah, I guess we should do that. <sighs> Stupid. <laughs> what else, dude? You played craps? Yeah, we played uh, lots of gambling, lots of good food. Oh, we played, uh, dude. This is a good story. So we're out there during the NBA summer league, right? Right. And we had found this uh, 
computerized. Well, it's almost like we went to Top Golf. People know. Okay, what Top well, Golf we is. okay. Well, we went to Top Golf, but that's okay. Well, we'll tell that story and then got to go back to the horse racing story. Oh, okay, so uh, we're at Top Golf, which is a lot of fun. Yes, you're in Vegas, and I guess they're opening a few here in California soon. Yep. Um, it's like uh, you know, target practice for golf, but yeah. the ball has a tracking device in it, and you're able to figure out how many points you get based on where you put it in the hole, et cetera. Right. Right. Yeah, it's fun. fun. Even for people who suck at golf like sure. us. Sure, yeah. And we were terrible, but oh, we were yeah. still having a good time. And the power went out. Yep. The power went out in the entire complex to the point where they had to shut down. There was like a wind storm. Yep. There was and 110 degrees with lightning, lightning and, and wind. And yep. then it started to rain. And everybody's trying to get in a cab, and we can't find our way back, so we had to walk. Yep. We walked the strip, like total degens, walking down the street. But who do we see at Top Golf, dude? Oh, we saw Joel Embiid. We saw we saw, we saw Joel Embiid. Uh, yeah, at Yeah, we saw a lot of NBA players. So now, fast forward to being back at the uh, Venetian, and we were <laughs> we found this. Uh, it was almost like those old, like, uh, dude, did you ever have the... It's like bubble hockey. Yeah. The, for horses. The the computerized football game, maybe some of the listeners had this, where you it, it was like magnetic and it vibrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember? remember and you those. like have the foam ball and, be, and yeah. like push them down the... So they had like this horse racing game, right? Yeah. It was all computerized. It was kind of reminded me of that. With these like mechanical horses. Right. And you could bet on, and we were betting on whichever horse had the most offensive name. Right. We felt like how we could justify which one was the most offensive. None of those names were going to be repeating on the podcast, yeah, right. by the way. So um, I won. I mean, I kept winning. Yeah. Like I just kept winning. And it was hilarious because there's absolutely no skill involved. None. We're just having a good time. And uh, we're playing and Larry Nance Jr. from the Cleveland Cavaliers sits down next to me, starts playing the stupid computerized horses. I know. He's wearing a little Cleveland Cavaliers shirt, and I'm wearing my Clay Thompson Warriors jersey, <laughs> and I'm just sitting there going, this is surreal. Yeah. This is really funny to me. Um, and I, I looked at him, and I told him, you suck, and the Cavs suck. That didn't happen. That did not happen. No, that part didn't happen. No. No, I, I quietly played and snickered to myself. Right. You had no idea who it was. Of course not. No, I had to explain it to I, you. After, I had after to after stare that. at Joella B for about two and a half minutes <laughs> yeah. to discover oh, that man. was him. It was a good trip, dude. We had a good time. Really good time. And uh, I don't I don't think I lost money. I think um, I came out even-ish. Yeah. I was pretty close to even. I did yeah. not I did, did not, not bet on baseball. lose my ass, which is really always a win. That's right, dude. Congrats. Thanks, dude. And next year... Next year, it's on me for the first Woo! time, dude. Congratulations. Um, everybody gets even, lucky once, Even a I blind suppose. squirrel can find a nut <laughs> now and again. That's right. That's All right, dude. Well, I mean, in terms of uh, hockey news, Sharks news, it's uh, there's really, not a lot going on. This is the quietest on. part of the season for sure. And, you know, there hasn't really been much news since the Tavares thing happened. You don't see a lot of... And we haven't things. seen a ton of player movement. I think the the biggest thing that has happened was uh, even a week or two ago with with the Jeff Skinner trade mm -hmm. happening uh, with Buffalo, which that was a player that you know I think we thought maybe the Sharks might have some interest. He's you know a twenty five plus goal scorer still um, in the prime of his career. Yep. Has a lot of NHL experience. Is going to be a free agent. Is exactly the kind of guy that maybe you thought Doug Wilson might get involved with. And the price from Buffalo was like their, I don't know, 
fifth or sixth prospect, a second, a third, and a sixth. Mm-hmm. And I think the third and the sixth actually come in 2020. So well, what do you think of that for in terms of just a price? Not necessarily that you think it's a good move for Buffalo, but um, so they essentially replaced Evander Kane right. with Jeff Skinner. Yep. Um, I think Evander Kane is a better player. Yeah, me too. Um, but what do you make of that price? And where do you think that puts the price for Max Pacioretty, who's probably the only other major trade ship that's out there that might be of interest to the Sharks? I don't see Pacioretty getting as much as that, right? I think Pacioretty is pretty clearly sort of more on the downslope of his career than Skinner. You know, Skinner's been sort of stuck in Carolina. I don't know if he actually won Rookie of the Year the year he did, but I certainly remember him making a very large splash that year. Right. Um, and was easily in the Calder conversation his first season and has been a very steady offensive threat for them ever since. But, you know, Carolina's kind of not one of those teams that you hear about that much, especially out in the West Coast, and they haven't really been very good for a while. So, I don't know. I think Buffalo's got to replace some guys. Buffalo has a very, I th- you know, to speak of the athletic thing, we haven't seen Buffalo yet in the rankings. I certainly expect Buffalo probably to be in the top five. I think, you know, they've had a lot of high draft picks lately, certainly Jack Eichel and, and others, um, you know, recently. So I expect their prospect pool to be pretty strong and deep so they could give up their sixth best guy. Right, you know, and a for, couple of picks and, you know, it's worth – I mean, it's it's only worth it if, if they plan on re-signing Jeff Skinner, which you have to imagine that's the plan. Of course, right? of course. I mean, it's, not like they, there. it's not like they're really thinking that they're going to make a – playoff splash i mean if they make the playoffs it'll be a huge accomplishment for them right yeah it it would be i mean they're going literally from worst to playoffs right so unlikely i when i saw that i i I thought oh well does this set the price on patcheretti you're right patcheretti um did not have a good year last year i think he had 17 goals he only played in 64 games but this is a guy who has had five years of 30 plus goals yeah including four years in a row of 30 mm-hmm. plus goals even getting to 35 mm-hmm. I think once or twice and he's not even 30 Max Pacioretty yeah yeah so you think about that and you go so he's older but yet has a stronger track record he's got a stronger track record I mean is this guy really gonna fall off the map I mean Montreal I mean right let's be honest they were terrible they suck they were terrible last year oh yes yeah, huge disappointment and for him maybe the biggest in the nhl you know one of the longest standing players on that team if not the right mm-hmm. he's got to be looking around going what has happened what like what is him here? and carrie price are standing there going what is going on here yeah and this is a hot mess and get me out of here right yep. get yep. me out of here and, you know, supposedly there was a deal and an agreement sending him to the Kings before the Kovalchuk deal. And um, it fell apart. And I don't know. There certainly was a lot of smoke around the Sharks. Yeah, yeah. And even a rumor that there was a deal that had been consummated. And then that just went completely silent. Right. So what percentage do you give it, dude, that maybe the Sharks acquire another impactful player before the season starts. You know, actually, at this point, I put the chances pretty low uh, because I think the Sharks don't, to their credit, and you see other teams have done this in the past, especially teams that are under a lot of pressure to win in a certain time frame. Oh, well, we didn't get Tavares, so 
we have to do something, so we'll make a dumb trade for Max Pacioretty, you know? Right. Um, we'll give up too much. Right. And, you know, th- there's been times the Sharks have pro- arguably given up too much in trades. It, of course, it happens when you trade for guys, but I don't, it doesn't sound like the Sharks are super interested in pulling the trigger, especially when you look at, um, you know, the kinds of guys that might be available next season. Right. right? Tyler Sagan, I think, is obviously... And he's also on that list. Yeah, I mean, you why could would Tyler Sagan want to be sure. in Dallas? Well, right. And, well, Tyler Sagan, uh, Panarin. And, right. And I think the one that might be, if, if Doug Wilson is doing some under-the-radar shopping here, we haven't heard this name recently connected to the Sharks, but we heard it certainly a lot, you know, for the previous... 18 months is Matt Duchesne. Matt yeah. Duchesne is going to be unrestricted. Do you think he's going to stay in Ottawa? Oh, Otto, talk about the hot mess. There's a zero, Ottawa is the worst. They're a train wreck all over the place. Yeah, Carlson. Carlson's going to leave. Matt gonna Duchesne, he's going to he's going to sign an eight-year deal there. Yeah. No way. No chance. So they're going to move him. You are not hearing anything about that. Like, if you're the Sharks, maybe you're sniffing around that would Ottawa dare make another deal with Doug Wilson after he sort of pants them uh, with the Hoffman thing but um, you're right I mean you don't make a trade here just to make a deal when you might have your eye on something bigger if you're trading for Pacioretty you give up assets even if you give up like a second and Josh Norris that hurts oh yeah I mean that hurts right so and we're gonna be talking about the the draft we're gonna be talking about the prospects here in a second so they probably want to try and hang on to because I mean really the thing that they gave up a value for Evander Kane is not Danny O'Regan right right it's and not now even it's a first round. and not even Bergman. It's the first rounder. Yeah. But would you trade a first rounder for Evander Kane? Yeah. For nine years of Evander Kane, including the end of last year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, would you trade a first rounder for six years of Max Pacioretty? I can't say that I would right now. Right. Yeah. Like I, I don't think that I would. That's a tougher call for sure. It's a tougher call. So. Anybody else? What do you think? Six years, first round for six years of Max Pacioretty. Let's go to the let's go to the phones. Oh wait, we don't have phones. We have a comment <laughs> thread. Uh, on the comments, uh, Mike says uh, that Kane has a lot is better for the Sharks. Needs has more grit than Skinner, which is yeah. Well, that's defi- definitely true. Definitely and, true. And you know, Jeff Skinner, one of the big knocks on him is he plays no defense. Right. Right. You know, very soft, and the Sharks don't don't need that. You know, uh, as for a team that sort of has a reputation of not being. The toughest anyways. I think they've gotten better at team toughness, but adding a guy like Skinner who maybe isn't going to be accountable at the other end isn't what you want, where I think Vander Kame appears to be willing to do that, mm-hmm. right? So, um, yeah, I think you're right, dude. The, the odds of the Sharks pulling off a impactful deal before the season starting is, I'd give it a... A 5% chance. Well, the three guys that have responded, all three said no thanks on Pasharetti. Max asks, uh, how do you think the Islanders do without Tavares, dude? Are they going to be full-on basement, or do they have enough other pieces to make it somewhat respectable? No, I think they're going to be terrible. Yeah, they're not going to be a playoff yeah, team. No, I mean, because there's so many other teams. And they got nothing for him, yeah, right? They got, they got nothing. nothing for him. Yeah, it was a, God. It was a mad gamble, really, that was concocted before the current regime took over like garth snow i mean i don't know how you can i mean maybe it's a risky business and everything but if i were the islanders gm i would have told him i said listen 
if you're not signing here by the trade deadline, we're trading you. Because you can't risk giving up the best free agent in five years for nothing. And that's what they did. They got nothing. I mean, they would have gotten... Actually, even for only six weeks of John Tavares, they would have gotten... They would have gotten a ton. They would have got a first-round pick and a player or something. You know, they would have got at least more. They would have got more. It's crazy. Yeah, it was. uh, They really screwed the pooch on this one. They did. It was a gross mishandling of of that whole process. So, will they be good? No, I think they're going to be terrible. Will they be the worst team in the Eastern Conference? Maybe. Who? uh, At least you look at Buffalo. You go, okay, Ottawa. Well, okay, Ottawa. <laughs> yeah. Ottawa, Carolina. I mean, the Islanders have some some good young players, but, you know, I think someone like Jordan Eberle is going to be completely exposed now. And I don't think Barzell's ready to be... Jordan Eberle, dude. He's got to be like, what the hell did I do? <laughs> well, he's going to be a free agent too. Actually. Oh, really? So, mm. you know who else is going to be a free agent? Isn't Joe Pavelski a free agent next year? Maybe. So, uh, we won't talk about that yet. Not but. yet. Dude, uh, yeah, Islanders are going to be terrible. They're going to be bad. Terrible. Bad. Bad, bad, bad. Oh, man. Buffalo. Mike says Buffalo did some sneaky good stuff this summer. They will not blow nearly like before. I, I agree. I think Buffalo is going to be definitely an up-and-coming team. I think. Are you revealing one of your picks? Vegas pick? I'm not Buffalo, revealing. number one? <laughs> yeah. A team that hasn't made the playoffs in years. I'm going to pick them number one. Mm, Although I, I did pick Montreal really early last year. Yeah, so clearly that worked out. The last pick of the whole thing was Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> We're guaranteed whatever team we don't take or gets taken last is, is going to make the playoffs. Is going to make the playoffs. That always, always happens. Although so, it's going to be Vancouver again. They're not making the playoffs. No. Uh, Although one of us is going to take Ottawa before we take Vancouver? None chance. Mm, that's tough. It's going to be the year that the curse is broken because Ottawa. Is I hear a, Vancouver's in on Eric Carlson. Well. I just read that today. Okay. Good oh, for them. Bob is asking now that you're a golfer, how, how far do you think Tiger will make it in the FedEx Cup? What do I know? Uh, <laughs> I can barely swing a club. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you don't uh, want to. You want to know our opinion on that, Bob? You don't. You don't want to know. Let's bad. let's go to. You want to go to the athletic, dude? Yeah, dude. Let's talk about the prospect rankings because I think this really was one of the reasons why we delayed the podcast so long because I think we were expecting to see the sharks. The sharks have been in the bottom five for the past however many years and it kept going 30, 28, 26. When we got to twenty and they hadn't been listed yet, we. Doug and I were texting each other every day. We're not. We're still not listed. Still not listed. I yeah. can't believe we're not twenty-two. I so can't the Sharks we're... made it all the way in Corey Promen's rankings to number seventeen. Yes. And uh, the year before, he ranked them when he's working for ESPN at thirty. Yeah. So the Sharks jumped almost to the halfway mark. Yeah. Almost, dude. And in my opinion, and, and, and we were speculating all the, you know, for the, the days that it took to go from 30 down to 17 as to why the Sharks had jumped so much. And I think, I think uh, most people will guess the reason that is. And the reason that is, is because of Ryan Merkley, who the Sharks drafted this past year in the first round. Um, you know, we talked about that in previous shows and, and let me, let me read. I'm, I'm not going to read the whole article because I want people to subscribe to the athletic cause it's good content, but I'm going to go over what Corey said. Then I'll read the section on Ryan Merkley here. So he says Merkley is one of the best passers I've ever seen at his age. He has the vision to attempt and execute plays. Most players don't think about and has the composure to move the puck at an elite level. 
When he's on his game, he makes everyone around him look better. While he won't attempt end-to-end rushes, Merkley can make highlight reel skill plays to open up space for his vision. He skates very well, but he's more of an elusive skater with great edge work than a guy who blazes through the neutral zone, though he does possess above-average speed. Merkley is small and can be a headache defensively with some of his decisions, coverage, and physicality, although I've seen him lay out a huge hit here and there. He has severe ups and downs where he looks dominant one game and can be a major negative another. He also can let his emotions get the best of him. So we've talked about some of those in previous ones, but obviously Corey Proman's job essentially is to watch amateur and minor league games, minor level games. And he, you know, literally reviews and keeps statistics and ranks thousands of players over many years. He did this for hockey prospectus years ago. He did it for ESPN, obviously. I mean, this is a guy, you know, there is no perfect science to this, but this is a pretty significant, uh, endorsement of ryan merkley it's a glowing review dude and he has them rated into different categories and essentially he's saying merkley has a chance to be one of the top players at his position i mean that and that's in the nhl not on the sharks right in the league so um that's exciting i think we thought that might be possible in terms of him being the top rated prospect but then when you see him write about some of these other guys Guys who the Sharks, you know, there's a, a first-round pick in there in, in Josh Norris who gets a good review as somebody who he rates as a legit NHL prospect. But then he also mentions a couple of guys who were seventh-round picks, fifth-round picks that the Sharks, you know, have coming in the pipeline that won't be guys necessarily that we're going to see this next year that he thinks has the, have the opportunity to be real top-nine NHL impactful players. Which a lot of the teams, well, clearly because they're ranked ahead of them, but the teams below them didn't have this much depth. Right. Right. And, and it also, he also mentioned that some of these guys who are more on the bubble guys, maybe not guys that you would expect to be the Jack Eichels, the guys who are slam dunk NHL players and just weren't in the league yet. But some of these guys who were more on the bubble players, a lot of them seemed to get better in his view and went right. up in his estimation over the right. past year. Right. And one of these guys that I did not expect to see in the rankings, number two as a Sharks prospect is Alexander Chmielewski, who played in the OHL. Um, that's not a name I expected to see at number two. Yeah. I think he was a seventh or sixth round pick. Yeah. I mean, this guy was passed on by every team multiple times. And here he is, rated number two in the Sharks system. He had uh, a very good season in the OHL. And uh, he says he was one of the best playmakers in the OHL in the games I saw. He makes unique plays and can make those tough plays at a quick pace. I mean, that's if you can do things at a quick pace, you know, that's the thing that seems to trip up a lot of prospects is they, you know, build a skill set and then they have to execute that skill set at. 15 or 20 percent faster right in the nhl and that's what it's funny you talk to young you you see interviews with young players and they all say the same thing the same thing the game is so much faster at this level the game is so much faster at this level so i like it when i read i personally like it when i read reviews of players and they say they can execute at a high pace Mm -hmm. i think that's a that's a good sign that may be why he's number two and we see josh norris here at number three uh, Rudolph's Balsers, who's a guy who I think has a chance to make the team this year, mm-hmm. maybe. Although there are some, I think, dude, and you you know more about this than I do, and maybe some of the listeners who are watching tonight have, have an answer to this as well. But, you know, I think that there are players that the Sharks have used 
sending them back and forth. That, that can't happen this year. I think Goudreau's played too many games. I don't think he's going to be yeah. waiver exempt anymore. I don't think they can do that with Marcus Sorensen anymore. Um, I don't think they can do that with Tim Heed this year. I think that those guys, if they are going to send them down, they're going to risk losing them. Not that they will, mm-hmm. and not that they shouldn't. If a guy like Balsers beats them out for a spot, which Sorensen I think is unlikely. I think we saw him take that step forward. Yeah, but you know, a guy like Goudreau, if he's not going to be on the team, which I think right now you're projecting him to be the fourth line center. You know, do you see a guy like Balsers come in and and play on on one of those? That bottom line really seems to be the only line that's maybe a little unsettled. Right. Right. Although so, Balsers is a wing, Norris is a center, Chemilevsky is also a center. Right. Well, Chemilevsky and Norris are not going to be, a, you know, no. around. They're not going to be pushing for the big club no, this year. But Balsers, you know, odds are we're going to see him in San Jose at some point. Like mm-hmm. he's going to play as an injury replacement, could be that first forward coming up. Um, you would think that they're not going to keep him around just to sit. And now you're getting down into the, you know, the, the next tier here with Dylan Gambrell, which I was a little disappointed to see him in, in this category, but you know, uh, I respect the ranking, uh, Mario Ferraro, the defenseman who was drafted last year in the second round from, uh, Massachusetts, Jeremy, Jeremy, Roy, Wah. Roy, Wah. I, don't I don't know. I still don't know. He hasn't played enough games for us to figure it out. Yeah. And that's essentially what they said. You know, this guy has had two massive knee injuries that have robbed him of some of his skill. Mm-hmm. So is he going to be able to rebound? I really hope that he has a healthy season this year. Maxim Letnoff, dude. Yeah. Uh, the player who the Sharks got um, in a trade with Arizona, I believe. Yep. Um, and, you know, he has some upside. Another late round pick here, Ivan Chekovich. Am mm-hmm. I right? Yep. I don't know. Or Chekovich, maybe. Chekovich and Joachim Blitchfield, dude. Yep. These are all Radom Civic defensemen. Another guy who, you know, we might see uh, push for playing time. Jake McGrew. Uh, now we're down to 13. Vincent Praplin and Noah Gregor. I got to say, for a lot of the other teams, they didn't get this deep at 14 in players that he considered to be guys who, are, who have a chance to right. play in the NHL. right. And for the Sharks to have 14 that high on the list, it's good. It's good. It's, it's good. only good. And then we got a bunch of depth guys. They, he goes well into the 20s. And so he also does an organizational top 10 at 23 and under. And he puts Ryan Merkley above Timo Meyer, well, which yes. is very surprising to me as a guy who's played exactly zero NHL games. And Timo Meyer scored 20 goals last year. Sure. But I think that Ryan Merkley he is projecting to have the impact of a Dan Boyle type mm-hmm. visionary playmaker and Timo Meyer, I think even at his best isn't going to be significantly better than he was last year. Right. Right. I mean, he's a 2025 goal scorer who brings a ton of grit. I love Timo Meyer, but Merkley could be one of the best players at his position according right. to this projection. Right. So I get it why he's ranked higher. I get it's it exciting, too. dude. I mean, like, I don't think we, I didn't think we're usually sitting here talking about how, how much our system blows. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're, we're reading a report of somebody that we respect saying, Hey, you know, the, the future isn't so awful, dude. Yeah. Any I, good comments? I, the future is not awful. 
I think there, it's funny. There's quite a discussion in the thread that I'm trying to pay somewhat of an attention to, but obviously we're recording and, and guys are, are arguing the various uh, <laughs> and sundry uh, points of re-signing Jumbo and Pavelski and how their deals might be up and how this team will sort of move to the next generation. Yeah. I think you're right. The, the, the problem is, is that, and I think a lot of teams have the same problem, is that you have a, a good core of players. You have guys like, you know, uh, Joe Thornton, who's going to be a Hall of Famer, and Joe Pavelski, who's one of the best Sharks ever to wear the uniform. And you think, who are going to take these spots You know, at these high levels? And certainly Logan Couture has, has done that, but you wonder who else can take these kinds of spots. And is there a guy amongst this list that we just mentioned, other than Ryan Merkley, that we think might be able to take those spots? The answer is no. I mean, I don't know. Is Rudolph Balser going to be an all-star? I, I guess well, we won't know until they get up here. It's but, possible. But. but the fact that there's even somebody who's rating these players as having a, a chance to make a potential impact is exciting. Yeah. And... Oh, I like it when you when because a lot of times it seems like so many guys you draft are just it's pure crapshoot, and for the and for someone to say Ryan Merkley's legit, he's an, he's going to be a good NHL player, yeah, if, if not a great one, right? That makes me really happy. We yeah. I I can't remember. I think Logan Couture might be the last time we had one of those guys. Where they said this guy's going to be yeah. awesome. This guy's definitely going to be good. Ah, uh, Colt Tobin. Nah, really? Just, people no, say no, that? No, that was a joke. Oh, okay, okay. Like, like, really? Taylor Doherty. Really? Nick Petrecki. It's first round, but I don't no. know. No, no one said that about those guys. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. The the one thing, so looking at some of these other rankings, do we see that the, the Los Angeles Kings are pretty highly ranked? They're number 10 overall. Sure. It made us both quite happy to see the Ducks ranked well below the Sharks at number 24. Um, so that's good. Um some other uh some other um surprises i would say uh pronman has the flames ranked at 29th uh as a team that missed the playoffs by a mile last year uh that puts them in decidedly precarious territory like, yeah they need to be good this year or it could be just like blow the whole monster up yeah you can't quite figure out exactly what their issue is um other than questionable goaltending yeah and team chemistry maybe i don't know they've tried a lot of different things and they certainly are spinning the wheel now uh, apparently p- putting all the blame on dougie hamilton and uh you know seeing if that can that shakeup can continue so they added some veterans that didn't really work they brought in a few different goalies that hasn't really uh panned out so yeah this for brad tree living right mm-hmm. traveling whatever his name is this is this is maybe it for him because <laughs> he, he's got another new coach yeah this is their third coach i think that they've had right and they fire bob hartley after he made the playoffs or something like that I like did. i mean yeah to go with glenn gullickson <laughs> whatever yeah dude i mean you gotta figure feel good about the position the sharks are in mm-hmm and sure, that, we're, we're we're bummed that they didn't get. Of course, they were bummed they didn't get you know Tavares, but but you know I you talked me into getting optimistic or ha. excited about it when I really tried to stay cynical about the whole thing. I know, sorry, dude. And you got my hopes up, sorry, and, and they were dashed. But it's okay, I'll live, sort of. And uh, I stupidly believed that there was a chance. I think there was a chance. It's just it didn't no, turn out. I don't think there really was a chance. Really? 
no, no, not looking back on the different things that I've. I mean, the seen picture of him sleeping. I mean, in the I think that I, he might have. I mean, he clearly listened, but I think he knew what he wanted to do. Yeah, like he was going to go home, which. Unless they made him a completely ridiculous offer, which they weren't going to do, he was going to go. And I can't blame him for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I know Doug Wilson's probably looking to go big game hunting again. And, you know, can he finally lure one of these guys out here without having to make a trade? And and that might not be possible. He might have to trade assets, which it seems like the Sharks have some mm-hmm. that we didn't know about. <laughs> um, to get a Tyler Sagan, to get a, a Panarin, to get a Matt Duchesne out here to help the current team win. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, we got a question. Uh, curious what you guys expect the division will look like around the All-Star break. Dude, what do you think? I mean, goal, we have the, the Golden Knights... Well, I mean, obviously they were know, the number one team. I mean, the the question is, where you know they are just ripe for regression, dude. I they're believe just, you're they're right. ripe for regression. I think you know replacing Neil and Perron with Stasny is that's not a good trade. Like I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to make that trade. And Tatar was not good. Tatar was not good, and now you're going to be putting him into a more regular role. And he's not a bad player. It just wasn't a good fit. And they gave up so much to get him. A lot. Um, I I don't think Marc-Andre Fleury can do that again. I just nothing against Flower, but... Yeah. Dude, like, he would play it out of his mind. Yep. I think that team had an amazing year. And they're clearly not going to be bad. But I don't think they're going to be that good. And I think they're going to be more of a middle-of-the-pack team than the Western Conference elite. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Anaheim Ducks are on the wrong side of their franchise history right now. Yeah. And you know, they've done little to nothing to change that. Do you see the reason like Kessler versus Ryan Johansson, like tweet war or whatever? <laughs> no, That's kind of... Who cares? It's entertaining though. I mean, I, I look at the division and I think the team that, you know, it is maybe the biggest question mark is... The Kings. That's what, exactly what I was going to say. Know? I, I think this division, is, the state of this division is about two players. It's about Ilya Kovalchuk and Joe Thornton. Mm-hmm. How are they going to play? Right. Are they going to play well? You know, Thornton, obviously, a lot of injury problems. It, can he come back and be the same old Joe and and be, you know, an elite passer, an elite playmaker, uh, play the tough minutes and not have another injury problem? Or are they going to try and shelter him, put him on the third line or something? I mean, it certainly sounds like they're going to, they might, they'll probably try and keep on the top line with Joe. But if he, if he has a problem, then the Sharks are going to have a problem. And the Kings have put a lot of, a lot of money and hope into Ilya Kovalchuk. Mm -hmm. And they're not a bad team, but if they don't have somebody in that spot, the Kings aren't going to be that good either. But if he's great and all of a sudden he's, you know, just a normal Ilya Kovachuk, which means he only scores thirty goals instead of fifty. Right there, that's that's a good team. That's a really good team. Yeah. So I guess that would be my early assessment. Is I, I think the Sharks and the Kings are the cream of this of this division. Yeah. Right? And and Calgary is the big is the is the big question mark for me. 
I don't buy it. I just I don't buy it until they can yeah. prove something. Like I think they appear to be dysfunctional, and they're bringing in some new core guys. And Mike Smith is like fifty eight. Like I just don't yeah. think that they're going to be able to to pull this up. And they signed Eddie Lack to be his backup or something like that. I mean, like it's just it's it's not going to work out. And the Oilers. I mean, they can't possibly be as bad as they were last year, but what have they done to get better? Nothing. Yeah. And they lost uh, Sakara, I think, for almost yeah. the whole year. Yeah, yeah, he got hurt. They already suck on the blue line. I know. And they did nothing to replace him. Right. So that's bad. Vancouver's going to be bad. And Arizona, you know, dude, they got off to a terrible start, but I think they were over 500 mm-hmm. for the last half of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to be so dumb as to say that Arizona is going to be in the mix, but they're certainly... They're probably not going to be embarrassing. Interesting, yeah. right? Um, they're interesting. Yeah. So it's, that's my amateur analysis. Team. Well, dude, I think we should wrap this up. We're 38 minutes in. Yeah, you is, said, oh, there's nothing to be talk about, nothing to talk about. Well, dude. And here we are again rambling for 40 minutes. Yeah, well, this is how this goes. But Any uh, last... Uh, Stuff here, dude, from from people. Yeah, James Neal is a is a big loss. Yes, dude. Um, one thing I I also wanted to point people to is go to TSN, go to the NHL page. Oh, on TSN. dude, yeah, Mike's favorite player. <laughs> well, unfortunately, there's a there's a video about uh, an ex shark, uh, Joe Murphy, on the the front page of TSN, and they did an in depth uh, video report on that. Unfortunately, Joe Murphy is is not doing so well in his retirement years, and I encourage everybody to go to TSN and, and watch that reporting. It's really good stuff. And Maybe throw the link in the in the post. Yeah, I'll try to do that. It, I'm it, it should be pretty easy to find. I think they're pretty proud of it. It's on the front page. You should be able to find it. But, but it's like a documentary. Yeah, it's like a 15 minute video. Definitely worth watching. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's tough to see an ex NHL player in that kind of trouble, but uh, hopefully things will turn around for him a little bit. So, invite everybody to see that. Um, let's see. Anything else? Demello or Heed, dude? Do we think is that really a question? Well, I mean, not for Pete DeBoer. I don't think. I don't think Pete DeBoer likes Tim Heed. I don't think Pete DeBoer likes Tim so Heed. So I, I think, think Tim they, Heed. I think there's a decent chance that Tim Heed will not be on this team opening day. They didn't give Demello a two-year contract to be the seventh guy. I mean, I I think unless he gets grossly outplayed. He's going to be on the third pairing. And Joachim Ryan's going to be in the lineup. Oh, yeah. I mean, Joachim Ryan is going to be playing with Brent Burns. Yeah. Yeah. That's I how, think. That's how I see it, too. Yep. All right, guys. Thank you, everybody, for joining. I appreciate all of you uh, in the comment thread and watching us live. Of course, this will be a podcast as well. And uh, thanks again. And uh, we'll be back uh, hopefully within a month. You know, that's right, dude. Viva la France. Viva la France. show want to get your questions on the air email questions at dudes on dudes on hockey is not affiliated with the san jose sharks organization or the national hockey league